You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. It's called Pirate Radio. Which makes them not shenanigans at all, right? Even shenanigans. I swear to God, I'll pistol whip the next guy that says shenanigans. We tell ourselves, we are the walking dead. Lady, I'm afraid I'm going to have to ask you to leave the store. Who the hell are you? Name's Ash. Housewares. Be like, oh, these are stupid gums. Gums are for jerks. (laughs) I will end you. It's called Pirate Radio. GGR Pirate Radio is back. Here's Mike and newcomer Jay Dillon. Talking about the favorite video games. I wish I could remember what I actually used to say when I was into a GGR, because I don't even remember. I'm sure it was like, hey, all you geeks out there, you stupid like that. I'm a stupid like that. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, it's 2018 now, man. You know, this is like, I'm not a rookie anymore. This isn't like me and Steve on a shoestring, shoestring budget in my basement. Like, this is like, we're real, man. We're legit. We have like a, we have access to a studio. I get to interview people like... Jay Dilla, who's like made money doing this because she's professional and people like her. <laughs> so we're we're a big deal now. So welcome everybody back. This is like the first official like we are now GGR Pirate Radio again podcast that we're recording, and I'm super excited about this because it's all the people that you remember from before. So it's myself, Steve Monick. We've got Andy Barsh will pop in from time to time. Um, Zombie Ben will be around as well. I'm going to see if I can get Hannah back. Hannah was like our intern. We had like a summer intern one year and she like wrote articles for us and it was really, really cool. I'm going to see if she can do that as well again. But for the first time on the GGR Pirate Radio Network, I get to introduce one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. She's an amazing artist. She's funny. She's smart. But more importantly, as she termed one of uh, our compatriots from another project, uh, she's not a piece of shit. And that's Jay Dilla. Welcome, Jay Dilla, to GGR Pirate Radio. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Jess, because you've got your own show, too, don't you? Yeah, I do. Um, I host EPOP, which is all about video games, technology, and uh, pop culture. And I like to draw. I like to play music. Um, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, and like don't sell, <laughs> don't sell yourself short either. Like you do these awesome covers on your, uh, as I've referred to, to it, uh, your ukulele guitar combo, the uktar. Oh. Um, <laughs> I know it's a gitulele, but I like uktar better. It sounds yeah. like sounds like a awesome like r- like an awesome like lizard monster that's smashing through Japan. <laughs> it's uktar. Um, but no, you're you're an amazing singer. Um, you're incredibly talented. Like everything you've ever shown me that you've done artistically. It's just like, it's the bee's knees, man. So Thank you. I'm so happy to have you on board. And like, I've brought you on to every other project that I've worked on so far. So like, it's yeah. it, it's kind of like, this is where we should have gone in the first place, you know? Yeah. So one of the things that is like the convergence of our nerddom, your nerddom and my nerddom crossover in this Venn diagram of awesomeness, and that's video games. We both love video games. More importantly, and actually like ironically, that's how we got to know each other was years ago I was a manager for a video game store and I hired the young, impressionable, 
17-year-old Jay Dilla to come work for me um, at my game store. And um, I'm trying to remember exactly what you said in the interview, but like everything was going good, and then you told me that you were like a hacker, and I was like, oh. Oh, I told you that I, I modded uh, Call of Duty games. <laughs> <laughs> and you were like, oh, we're going to ignore that you said that. Yeah. I was like, listen, this was like an A-plus interview up until this point, so I'm just going to pretend like you didn't say that, and you were like, oh, ha, 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 ha. Yeah. Yeah, but like, it's ever since then, like, we've we've had this, like, we both love pop culture. We both know, like, way more shit than we should. I, I think I've called you a walking pop culture reference because you get, like, all of the dumb pop culture jokes that I make. So mm -hmm. it's like, where else would, would it be a good fit for this other than GGR, man? I'm excited. Yeah, me too. So we started talking about video games um, because that's pretty much what we do every day. Um, but also, we started talking about video games because... As we like to do at GGR, some of our most popular podcasts have been about our favorite video games, and or our favorite things in general. Like, the, the best one we ever had was our, our music one, which I just reposted, which, by the way, you can find if you go to iTunes, if you search GGR Pirate Radio, if you go to Stitcher, it's on there, too. If you go to Facebook, hey, we got a Facebook page. I mean, who doesn't have a Facebook page, right? You can check out the podcast right there. It's me and Steve talking about our favorite bands of all time, so give it a listen, but then if you're already listening to this, then maybe you already subscribed, so share with your friends. How about that? How's that sound? Okay, great. Uh, so, anyways, so video games, video games, video games. I wanted to ask you, like, what was your first system that you had? Like, what was the first video game, do you remember, like, the, one, the first one you ever played? Um, the first system I ever played, I think, was the Sega Genesis. Maybe, but it wasn't, that's not the oldest system that I've played. Okay. Um, like, my grandmother had my mom's Atari, for example, and wow. like I played that when I was young because we were poor, and <laughs> I, that's just what I had to play, and then um, the Dreamcast, and... Um, of course, NES. Yeah. Because that's just a... Who hasn't played an NES system? I know. Right? It, <laughs> it, it feels kind of like even if you started with another system, you had to go back and play the NES at one point or another. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that was because we're about... God, I'm trying to remember how, how different in age we are. Um, I'm 35. You are... Crap, how old are you? 25. Oh, so we're exactly 10 years apart. Okay. So, I had... Like, my first system was a Nintendo. I remember being a little kid, and we got the Nintendo for Christmas, and it was, like, the coolest thing ever. And, like, well, it was more so, too, like, when I got it, like, every everybody else, had like, already had it, so we were, like, behind the times because we weren't cool yet. Yeah. So, like, I'm catching up, basically. I think I was in, like, kindergarten, and I finally got it, and, like, we're playing, uh, like, all, all of the classics, like Super Mario Brothers, uh, yeah. Duck, Duck Hunt. Um, but, like, my... My dad kind of got it. It was kind of for him. So we had a bunch of, like, nerd games, too. Like, I remember there was this one called Silent Service where you were, like, a submarine commander and you had to, like, fight in World War II and, like, blow up the Japanese fleet and stuff. It was, like, it was interesting. It was boring, but it was interesting. Yeah. Um, the NES, like, I think everybody... I think no matter what, like, everybody automatically gives it, like, a, a free pass because 
obviously looking back on it, like it was very simplistic. It was just like your directional controls. It was your A and B button. And it was 8-bit graphics and 8-bit sound. But everybody still remembers this system so fondly. In fact, that like they will spend $200 for a retro console that's just like a cute little Nintendo when you could easily download a ROM in an emulator for nothing on the internet. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's funny how much people are still willing to spend for this nostalgia, you know, pardon the pun, yeah. but that's essentially what it is. Like, Nintendo is like, it's like in our DNA. You can't, like, be a gamer and not appreciate Nintendo. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, on that NES, because, again, we're talking about our favorite games, if you had one, maybe two or three games where you could play for hours on end and be perfectly content, what would be your NES games of choice? This is kind of... Uh... What's the word I'm looking for? People don't agree with this. <laughs> um, I, I, I've seen it be deemed the worst Super Mario game ever. Yeah. <laughs> but I loved Super Mario 2. Dude, that one's so much fun. It's so different than all of the other games. And it, it's more, I don't know, it seemed, for me when I played it, it felt more like a puzzle game than a platform game. Yeah. And it, I loved it. I thought that it was so cool. I thought it was, like, the artistic direction of it was so cool. So that's one of them. That's definitely not my favorite. Yeah. But I'm trying to think back. I definitely I definitely just played a lot of Mario is what I remember from NES. Well, that's, that's everybody's, like, you know, if the Nintendo is yeah. the starter system. Like, that's the one that everybody, like, learns. Because think about it, too. Like, when you think about, like, the basics of how to play video games, right? Like, for us, we grew up on them. So, like, we already have, like, all of the muscles developed and we've we've done it so many times repetitively that it's, like, instinctual for us. But, like, let's yeah. say, for instance, you start dating somebody who's never, ever played a video game. First off, how the hell did that happen? But secondly, like, trying to explain to them the basic principles of, like, you need to have your fingers on the controls at all times because if something happens, you might need to make a small, minor adjustment to change your character's trajectory just a tiny bit, and they don't get that. And, like, yeah. if you're playing Mario, if you started on Mario, you automatically develop those instincts. Yeah. Just from playing that game. And it's like, hey, listen, if you haven't been doing this since you were, like, six years old, then I'm sorry I can't tell you. I don't know how to teach you. Like, it's it, it's, yeah. it's crazy when you really think yeah. about it. Logan didn't really play video games up until this past year, and I got them into Overwatch, which is a first-person shooter, yeah. and... At first, they were like, I'm terrible at this. Like, yeah. I don't understand how somebody can be good at this game. Yeah. Like, and now they're they're better than I am now. Oh, wow. Because I, I stopped playing for a while. That's awesome. I, I, haven't, I haven't played Overwatch in, like, three months, two or three months. But, yeah, they're killing it. And, like, it, it's just, it's so weird how the muscle memory is, especially yeah. if you favor a console and you switch to another controller. Oh, yeah. It's so weird weird like yeah. it's like you your brain the second you get the controller in your hand your brain knows like yeah. this is the controller and like <laughs> that sounds stupid but then like yeah i remember switching when the nintendo 64 controllers came out everyone was like what the hell is oh yeah that boomerang this? yeah yeah because nobody everyone was like where do we put our hands <laughs> <laughs> what like, the hell is this little thing in the middle why do i have a joystick yeah. on this yeah yeah, well, 
like, why why are there three handles? I don't have three hands. And I yeah. remember it was such a huge deal. Yeah. But... I remember yeah. that, too. Yeah. Like, it's... But, yeah, like... And, and kind of go back to what you were saying, too, about Super Mario, too. Um, as somebody who started on the original Mario and then remembers Super Mario 2 coming out, like, I remember the weird little backlash that happened. People were like, well, this isn't Mario. And, like... To me, it was more fun, because um, it was two-player, just like the first one was. But not only that, it wasn't just Mario and Luigi. You had Toad, and you had Princess uh, Toadstool. Like, you had... Or Princess Peach. You had yeah. new people that you could play as. And yeah. they all could do different stuff, and that's what was the coolest thing about it. Was, like, this is the first time that you actually... That I can remember a game like this, where you got to choose a different character, and each of them did something different. It wasn't just basically, like... Oh hey, this sprite is a different color and it looks different. Like it was yeah. legitimately a different character. Yeah. Um. So okay. So Mario Two was one of your favorites. What else on NES? Um. Let's Super Mario Three. <laughs> I yeah, yeah. I Which think. has to be because that was the first game ever that I saw that had like the Easter eggs in it. Yeah. Where. Oh, you hold down on the white platform, you go behind the screen for the entire oh. game, and you get a key, or, like, the whistle, and oh, I'm like, dude. oh, man! Like, yeah. That was the first game where it kind of felt like there was more, honestly, for me, more of, like, a gaming community, and yeah. obviously there was a gaming community before that, because gaming was a very niche thing then, whereas yeah. now I think it's definitely way more accessible and mainstream, but... Absolutely. yeah. When it came to, like, knowing the secrets and talking to other gamers about, like, the secrets of the games, I feel like that yeah. was definitely a pivotal point. Yeah, and we'll be we'll be talking to Steve Monick a little bit later uh, about this, but one of the things that he talked about, and we've talked about this before, too, is, like, the gaming community used to be, like, this awesome, like, deep cover secret network of spies where, like, there was no internet. I mean, when I was a, yeah. when I was young, I mean, like, early, you know, early 90s, late 80s, there was no internet. So, like, yeah. the only way that you could get your information was, like, Nintendo Power or if you knew somebody who knew somebody. So, like, yeah. that's how we found out about these secrets in Super Mario Brothers 3. But, like, Steve's dad is an electrical engineer. And, like, what they did was, is, like, he was trying to play this uh, really crappy Nintendo game. Um, and, actually, there's an article up on um, the Rock Deep Rogue Radio uh, GGR blog slot that we have. So if you guys go to rockdeeprogradio.com and you click on blogs, you'll see the GGR pop culture blog. And Steve has an article about Nostalgia November where he talks about his favorite NES games that he ever played. What his dad ended up doing was they took this really crappy Mission Impossible game that literally, I mean, it was, it was pretty much impossible. It was like almost impossible to beat. And what his dad did was they ran a simulation with the game and found all of the codes by basically running the code of the game itself. And they found all of the different variations and what the best way was to beat each level. And, like, that's so nerdy, but it's also so awesome. Like, yeah. that's, that's how you had to do things back then. Yeah, and, and like, I don't... Because it's, it's so cool because looking back, it's not like I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember I found out about the Mario thing because I looked it up on Google. It was all, like, it was all told from somebody else. Yeah. It's when you're sitting there playing and someone is like, oh my gosh, have you heard about this? And they heard about it from somebody else. And it, yeah. like I said, it wasn't something as simple as, oh, I read an article about it or I saw it on Facebook and I decided to try it. It was like 
people who played the game sharing their knowledge with other people playing the game, and that's yeah. so cool to me. And it's, it, it, is, it is to me, too, because, like, there's a certain amount of that that I miss, because, like, now... There's no secrets left anymore when it comes to gaming or anything. And, like, it's not about knowledge for people. And, like, I'll give a parallel, and it may not make sense until I finish the story. But, like, I was playing, I was at a bar, and I was playing one of those trivia contest games that they have. You know, hey, like, win win 100 bucks or win free wings or whatever, right? Yeah. And uh, the trivia contest, like, I noticed that every single person that was playing the trivia contest was doing really, 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 really well. Like, they all were, like, out of the 20 questions that were asked, like, 19 of them were correct. And I was like, man, these guys are good. But then I saw that all of them were using their phones. Yeah. And that made me legitimately angry because yeah, I wasn't. Yeah, trivia is. Yeah, I wasn't using my phone. I was using what I knew. And it, it would basically like being, it would be like being on Jeopardy and using your phone. It's, in my opinion, it's cheating. Yeah. And it's the same thing with gaming now because it's not about what you know or what you've done or what you've experienced. Because remember, like, remember when Halo for the Xbox came out. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> and remember how like people were would record themselves doing like crazy nonsense. Yeah. On their computers like, "Hey, this is what I did." I mean, this is when the internet was like really starting to take off, right? Yeah. And like they would show themselves like doing that thing where that you'd be on the uh, on the warthog and you'd flip it over and then it would launch you way into the air. Yeah. Um so they were doing stuff like that, but like that was when it kind of shifted. It wasn't like, that, to learn stuff in Halo, you had to experiment. You had yeah. to, like, figure stuff out. Like, people were, were doing hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of gameplay before they figured this stuff out. It yeah. wasn't like, hey, if you want to do this cool trick, here's how you do it, like, in a YouTube tutorial. Because this is when YouTube first started. Yeah. So, it was, like, it was still new. And, like, I miss that. I miss when, like, you had a friend who was like, oh, hey, have you ever seen, like, the 97-hit combo and Killer Instinct on Super Nintendo? No. And then they would do it, and you were just like you're a wizard how did you do that like yeah yeah you could you literally could impress people with your skills in video games and I don't feel like people can do that anymore yeah no and I also in in a very large way and I know this is gonna sound so like god I'm 25 now which I know isn't old but like in terms of like technology aging it's a lot has happened yeah exactly yeah and I just feel like the internet kind of not ruined the gaming culture but it changed it so vastly it did yeah that it's not even a it's not a community like i said it's so mainstream that you can't be like i'm part of this thing that like yeah only some people are interested in and like honestly like being a nerd or like a weird kid for liking video games like isn't a thing anymore no it's accepted it's mainstream and it's yeah, yeah. Like, you're not cool unless you like video games. Like you've become the outcast if you're if you're not into video games. Where it was the other way around. Yeah, exactly. And like I don't, that could also, honestly, I'm gonna say this just for the point of the, like podcast is that it could also just be that we are surrounded by people and that's <laughs> our circle. You this know what our, I mean? These are our people. Yeah, I see. What you mean. Yeah. So like that could be our perception, but at the same time, it, it can't be denied that it's. It's not that it takes less skill by any means, but yeah. there are such a vast amount of consoles yeah. and different kinds of video games and everything that, like, no matter who you are, it, like, Wii Bowling is still a video game. Yeah. Like, that is still a video game, and I don't think I know a person who's never played Wii Bowling. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
and that's not the way it was. I remember when Tony Hawk Pro Skater came out. That oh, was geez. a jam. Yeah. And I would I would be like, yeah, I played Pro Skater with my cousin all weekend, and people would be like, what? What? And it was the why didn't you like we were outside doing stuff and like you know it was yeah. it was seen as like oh well you're being a recluse well jokes on them look at me now but <laughs> <laughs> I'm internet famous chumps yeah I got well, you but yeah it's just like yep. I don't know I think it's changed so much but I, I do too this off topic oh no <laughs> that's no this is that's the thing about this Jeff is this is your chance to really get to let people know who you are because. This is your first time on GGR. And just from being the guy who helps run your podcast, you already, and you haven't even promoted it. That's the best part about it. Your podcast already, and it's only been up for, what, 11 days? Already has, like, 90 downloads. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, and you haven't even promoted it. And, like, you, we were talking about this the other night. You were like, oh, yeah, that's no problem. We could easily do that. Like, you, if you promoted this, like, it would, you would be, like, blowing numbers out of the water. Like, it's already, it's already getting there. And, like, it's, excuse me. And I should have probably introduced this when I was doing this. So you're like, why is Mike a little bit out of breath? So <laughs> it's not from that. I'm fat, but not that fat. You're so um, excited about my podcast. So excited. Take your breath away. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am, I am actually, um, so since the last time you guys spoke to, uh, heard from me on GGR Pirate Radio, um, I've been making a concerted effort to try to get myself back into shape. I have gone vegetarian. Uh, I dropped about 30 pounds just from doing that. And now I'm exercising as much as I possibly can. So I'm at this giant track that is probably like one loop around the track is probably like a mile. Uh, right outside the Y here in Fredericksburg. So trying to stay in shape, trying to do something. So trying not to sound like yeah. I'm horribly out of shape, but like, yeah. <laughs> That's my excuse for today. Um, but anyways, yeah, no, like, it's, with video games, it's, it has changed, and I noticed it too, because I, I used to be a big fan of Madden, Madden football, and you want to talk about a game that's completely changed its, like, whole dynamic and, like, whole identity is that game, because it used to just be about guys who liked football, who liked to play football on a video game, and, it, and that was it. And, like, as this distance progressed, it got more, you know more detailed and there was more gra the graphics were better and there was more stuff you could do with it but now like Madden has become this like perverse thing where like people play online and like will find the little itty bitty cheats that are embedded in the game just so that they can win for bragging rights and it's not like they're the better player they're literally using a, a, a like for instance there was this thing in one of the Maddens I think it was like 06 or 07 called the Giga Blitz where basically no matter what you did, your defender could get right through the offensive line every single time and sack the quarterback. Every single time. How is that not cheating? Yeah. And, like, people didn't care. They were like, well, we're going to keep doing it anyways. We're going to keep doing it anyways because, you know, it's all about the stats, bro. And you're just like, N you know what? No. Like, it's not. And that, exactly. that completely yeah. turned me off of the entire online community. I was like, I would rather play at somebody's house, you know, like, hanging out, you know, you know having a beer or something like that playing this and talking trash to each other in person than to have this sort of nonsense with some D-bag that I've never met. Yeah. And, like, especially, too, like, on the older consoles, man, sports games were so simple that, like, it really, a lot of it was, it was pure skill. Perfect example. Tecmo Bowl, because that is my favorite game of all time on the NES. If you gave me a Nintendo right now and they're like, hey, Mike, here's Tecmo Bowl, I'll be like, all right, I'll see you in, like, two days. 
Because, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play that game and I'm gonna beat it with every single team, just like I did when I was a little kid. And, like, it's not, the graphics are okay. The gameplay is not complex. It's not like you can't beat the computer. You can totally beat the computer. But it's just, it's fun. And, like, there's players like Bo Jackson, for instance, which Bo Jackson is just like a wrecking ball in that game. You can't tackle him. He's just unstoppable. And, like, Lawrence Taylor, for instance, on the New York Giants is, like, again, also unstoppable on defense. He's super fast, which is probably because in real life Lawrence Taylor was all coked up all the time. But, like, <laughs> it's it's just, like, it's there's something that's not that much fun in these these sports games. Like, there's so much attention to detail now, and they're, so, they're trying so hard to make it realistic that the fun part has been taken out of it. I don't know. I think that I kind of caught it just now what yeah. you, in what you said is you said it was just fun. And yeah. now, since it's so widely played and these games coming out are so heavily based on competitive yeah and that's the type of people that it's bringing in and those are the type of people who you can't play any sort of games with because they'll flip the table over yeah if they start to lose because they're so competitive and it's the same thing it's the people who rage and they don't make the games fun because yeah. you're like, I'm just playing this to have fun. I'm not like a professional gamer who's gonna get to like. T- no, none of us here are those people. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like we're not doing this for a living. Like <laughs> I understand that win- winning feels good, but like yeah. it's you know, like it's a video game. It's a yeah. game. <laughs> in that in that same vein, though, I'm not gonna lie. I have broken controllers because I couldn't beat games. <laughs> oh. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Dark Souls 3? Oh my god, for PS3, like, yeah. I, I understand that. Yeah. Like, I get it. Like, I, I, I'm a competitive person by nature. Me like, too. I am yeah. a competitive person. Yeah. But at the same time, I also understand that it's a game. Yep. Like, and sometimes I'll lose my temper. And, you know, like, it does happen. But I'm saying the people who get on day in and day out and take it, like, so seriously and yeah. take it to heart when something happens to them and oh, i'm like yeah it's not that serious yeah. like and like yeah. yeah exactly no i'm 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 in the same boat with you completely but um yeah so i think we we wrapped up really what the nes was all about because when you look at it now what is gaming gaming is competitive what was gaming back then it was fun it was a release yeah. it was just something for everybody to enjoy and, and like Unless you were playing the Ninja Turtles game for the original Nintendo, which was not meant for joy, that was meant for sadness and pain, because it was impossible to beat that underwater level. <laughs> oh my god. Like, that, you want to talk about a controller getting broken? I definitely remember throwing oh, yeah. my Nintendo controller against the, um, against the fireplace that we had. And here's the other thing, too. As I've noticed that the older systems are way more durable than the newer systems. Because I definitely chucked that Nintendo with all of the eight-year-old might. I threw that... Re- in that controller into the chimney and there was just like a little nick in the outside plastic casing. I definitely remember like getting mad one time in an Xbox 360 controller and just dropping it because I was like, fuck this. And I just dropped it on the ground, on a carpeted ground, and it definitely broke and didn't work ever again. I think that's also based on like the technology well, that yeah. we used though, you know. Obviously. But, like, it was like four buttons yeah. on the Nintendo. I like <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's like we could we could encase this in a literal brick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. But I mean yeah, it's got an accelerometer in the Xbox 360 controller. There's a gyroscope in there. Like, it can, yeah. it tells you when your hot pockets are done cooking. Like, it's it's a complex <laughs> machine. So, 
<laughs> it lets you know when your Dorito fingers are too crusty for the buttons. <laughs> fingers too crusty to continue. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> your Mountain Dew level is dangerously low. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> let's just stereotype gamers while we're at it. Um, hey, man. I know, right? But the funny thing is, is, is most of that's pretty true. We're all friends here. Exactly. My, my PlayStation controller's got a nice little layer of Dorito crust on it, I'm sure, so. Oh, God. Remember, like, okay, remember when we would get trade-ins and somebody would trade in, like, a 360 controller? Oh, And, like, yeah, dude. God. And if you just took, like, you could take, like, a credit card or just, like, any plastic card, like, maybe, for instance, like, the membership card that came with said video game store that you were working at, and you can take it and you can run it through that groove oh. where the two pieces of the controller meet. And you would just get this layer of funk that would come out of there. Yeah. Like, I specifically remember, like, I would go out to, like, the Dollar Tree and buy um, those toothbrushes, like, just, like, a pack of, like, ten toothbrushes. Yeah. Just yeah. so that we could scrub the controllers. Because I'll tell you this, a lot of gamers are just gross and dirty, and that's fine, but, like, a lot of us are OCD, too. And, like, the idea, <laughs> the idea of having somebody else's finger funk all over my controller really bothered uh, me. So I would yeah. definitely scrub those things as hard as I possibly could, like... The next innovation that's going to sell millions is the guy who makes the dishwasher-safe video game controller. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you drop it in there, and it can be sanitized for your own protection. Hell, yeah, I'm doing that. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> so moving on. Moving on to the next system. Um, the Like, for me, logically, the next step was I remember being, like, it's funny, too, because we just got one for Jax for Christmas. We got one of those retro consoles. Mm-hmm. We got the... Uh, we got the Sega Genesis one, mm-hmm. and that was when I was nine years old. That's what I got for Christmas was the Sega Genesis, mm-hmm. and those games are just as fun now as they were back then. And oh yeah, like Sonic the Hedgehog. I was gonna say, I mean, yeah. like hands down, it's it's so much fun. There's so much replayability to it, but also too, you can tell that it was a direct kind of like it was a knowing nod to Mario. But it was yeah. also, like, we saw what you did, Mario. We're going to do everything you did better. Yeah. It's faster. There's more stuff to do. The character can do more things. But it's also a 16-bit processor versus an 8-bit processor. So it's... Yeah. But, yeah, Sonic the Hedgehog is just was just a blast. Um, you said you had a Sega Genesis. So what are, like, some of your your go-to Sega Genesis games? Um, really, I only had two because I was young. Yeah. I... I don't even know if I was even... I definitely wasn't even in elementary school when I was playing this. Yeah. Um, but Sonic, of yep. course. Yep. And um, I want to say Mortal Kombat was on Sega Genesis, right? It, w- it was, yeah. Okay, yeah. And yeah. Mortal Kombat. Because my gr- it was at my grandmother's house. So I could only play it. Because the first console that I actually physically owned in my own house, I think might have been an NES, but then after that was, like, a PlayStation 1. Yeah. So, like, there was a bit of a gap for me. Just a little Um, bit, yeah. (laughs) But the Sega, uh, I did have at my grandma's house, and I I remember very fondly playing uh, Sonic and Mortal Kombat. And Mortal Kombat, as as a brand, has, I think, done some of the most admirable upgrades to their game. Yeah, I would I would tend to agree. Yeah, and through, I think... Through the consoles. And what I yeah. mean by admirable upgrades is, like, looking at the first Mortal Kombat versus, like, the one that came out for PlayStation 4, uh, I want to say around 20... 
11, something like that, maybe. Well, if it was 2011, uh, if it was 2011, then it would have been the uh, the, the PS3, wouldn't it? It must have been right when the PlayStation 4 came out. I don't when even know. PlayStation 4 get released. That's how. I don't know. That's how out of the loop I am. I don't right? even know what PlayStation they're on. So. Um. Well, it, I don't because I don't want to say it's the most recent one because I feel like the most recent one was not that great. But I'm just saying in terms yeah. of them taking a game and not because the game itself hasn't really ch- hasn't changed. Yeah. Like. The, it's not like Mario where it's like no. we have 50,000 different versions of this game. Yeah. It's literally the same thing but they just keep doing more with it like the yeah. the slow motion um uh like combos yeah. and um knockouts and uh finishing moves where they like show you their skulls breaking and stuff yeah. like are you kidding me? <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. And so I, but I, I also have a special place in my heart for Mortal Kombat again because I, yeah. I did, I played it on the Sega, and it was just like these little tiny people bouncing up and down. Yeah. <laughs> so I remember my mom forbade me from getting Mortal Kombat, and I wanted it too because I remember um, it being an arcade game at the movie theaters that was up the street from our house. So I would ride my little bike up there. Some maybe like ten, eleven. I would ride my bike up there, and I would play this game. Because there were no parents around, and there's blood, and there's gore, and, like, there's just all this stuff that, like, you're not supposed to see as a kid, and you're just like, this is so cool. And then I find out that it's on the same system, the cute little Sonic the Hedgehog's on, and I was like, oh, I gotta get this game, and she wouldn't let me get it. And then, like, of course, like, I ended up, like, renting it from Blockbuster, anyways, because, <laughs> like, like, my dad didn't care. So I ended up playing it anyways, and it was just, it was so cool, because it was, it's one of those things where sometimes, like... Some people will knock this and they'll be like, oh, well, that's just an imitator because the original was uh, Street Fighter. It was just a ripoff yeah. of Street Fighter. Well, it was in the sense that it was a fighting game, but it did everything that Street Fighter didn't. Yeah. It was it was bloody. It was gory. Like, it was... It took everything that Street Fighter was and turned it up to 11. And, like, yeah. that was a huge thing. Like, especially for kids because we wanted to see all this stuff. And, like... Yeah, like, Mortal Kombat hit right when it needed to because all of those kids who were just, like bloodthirsty animals basically <laughs> we're like yeah oh my god thank you give me more gore and like like you said every single game they're like well how are they gonna top this one? Oh, hey let's show you a 360 spin move as this guy kicks you in the back of the skull and your skull fractures and you're just like oh and i get to see an x-ray of it hell yeah like it's yeah and like yeah. that's what makes it cool is because they're building on what's already there yeah always and it's like i said it's not like an entirely different game. No. They've never really, like, completely changed it. It's the same yeah. stuff that's always there. And, like, the things that they've done, I, I just remembered what it was. The, the most recent version that they've done of it is an, it's a, a game called Injustice. Um, mm, it's I, the... I, I, yeah. yeah. It's, all the, it's all the DC superheroes. Yeah. I actually... I love <clears> Injustice, too. Yeah. So... Yeah. So, like, that's... And, and the funny... It's, this, it's the Mortal Kombat engine. And yeah. they're just using it for superheroes, which is totally awesome. Um... Yeah, but I'm I'm the same way. Like Mortal Kombat is one of those games. It's like if I have to choose between that and Street Fighter, I choose Mortal Kombat because I actually can hold my own yeah. in Mortal Kombat. Street Fighter, for some reason, like I suck like really bad, and like I just I can't even play it. Like people like my friends, like like Ben Shaw, uh, who's one of my best friends of all time. Like he's one of those people that's just like freakishly good at Street Fighter, 
And like, he'll be like, come on, let's play Street Fighter. And I'm like, I don't want to play, Ben. Well, come on, let's just play. I don't want to play because you're going to own me and it's going to be no fun for me. And you're going to destroy me with like some 80,000 hit combo. And that's exactly what happens every single time. And like Mortal Kombat, I'm like, I can at least button mash a little bit if I don't know what I'm doing and figure it out. And like at least score some points and possibly win a few matches and not just like get destroyed every single time. Yeah. Plus, you've used the term before. I don't know if we want to use it on GGR because we're trying to be, you know, somewhat sensitive to all people. But um, <clears throat> people who really enjoy Japanese culture a lot, <laughs> they love Street Fighter. I mean, yeah. like, really love Street Fighter to, like, a sickness, like a level that might be borderline inappropriate. Um, and, that, <laughs> and that's just not me, man. You know, like, and that's, that's cool if that's what you're into, but I don't, I don't really feel like doing it, so. Yeah. Um, one of the other games that, like, I wanted to mention, Genesis-wise, because, uh, like you said, you were little when you got it. I was a couple years older than you. Um, I had, ten. well, yeah, ten years older. I meant, like, when, I meant, like, when we played it. I was only, like, yeah. nine or ten, and you were, <laughs> uh, so, they had an X-Men game that came out for Sega Genesis. And there was an, like, they'd done X-Men games before. They did an X-Men game on, uh, the original Nintendo. But it was horrible. It was, it was, it was totally crappy. Like, you you couldn't really do anything. Your superpowers looked like garbage. It was just like these little specks running around. The Sega Genesis 1 was just so dope. Like, all of the stuff that you could do. There was just so much cool stuff. Like, all of the, yeah. all of the characters actually looked like the characters that you had seen in the comic books. Their powers looked cool. The game was like, it was hard, but it wasn't unbeatable. So it gave it enough of a replayability that you wanted to keep going after it. And, like, the game was just awesome. And especially, like, if you're a nerd and you like comic books, it was, like, the first really good comic book video game they did. Yeah. And, like, they also did another one. They did a, um, a Spider-Man one called Maximum Carnage, where you could play as either Spider-Man or as Venom. Mm -hmm. And that was a really, really cool game, too, especially because it came with a free CD. Um, what was the name of the group? They did, like, the soundtrack to the video game, and I want to say it was they were called Green Jelly. Um, for all you pop culture nerds out there, Green Jelly did the um, their Little Red Riding Hood song, where it was the guy, like, you hear a guy going, Little pig, little pig, let me in. You can, post-production, you, you can hear me playing the song in the background right now as Jeff, la Jeff laughs at me because I sound like an idiot. But, like, yeah, like, you got your own CD. But that was also, like, something that we started seeing, too. What are you laughing at? <laughs> My horrible song that I just sang. It was just... It was just real funny sounding on my <laughs> If you can hear it, too, that's what the guy sounds like. He's like, little pig, little pig, let me in. And the other guys in the band do the voice of the pigs, and they're like, not by the hair of my chinny chin chin. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, sure, Mike, whatever. <laughs> Weirdo. Yeah. So Sega was cool, and, like, the rest of the Sega games that I really liked were all, like, sports games. Yeah. So, like, Madden and, like, like a World Series Baseball and stuff like that, like, and none of those were, like, really, really innovative. Other than the fact that, like, I remember the first time they had a Madden game, because before this, like, when you played the sports games, you basically had to start over every single time. So you couldn't, like, save any of your progress. You couldn't play a season. You couldn't win the Super Bowl. You couldn't do any of that stuff. But yeah. they started adding these, like, memory chips into the games. So, like, the game... Ooh, boy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was legit, dude. Uh, so, you, yeah. yeah, you could have a season of football, 
play all the way through it, win the Super Bowl, and it was awesome. And you didn't have to do it in one sitting, so it was pretty yeah. dope. Pretty, pretty dope. I'll never forget the absolute pain it felt <laughs> if you did not save that game yeah. on that mem- before autosave was a thing. Yeah. If you did not save that game on that memory card and turning your console back on and realizing you done goofed. <laughs> oh, God, on the PS1 when they first started introducing memory yeah. cards? Yeah. Wait, no, they had memory cards on, on 64, too, didn't they? No. I thought they did. I thought there was... Oh, no, that was the Rumble Pack. Yeah. yeah. Wait, no, there were definitely memory cards. There were things... Because you could take... Because we would create our little wrestlers at home um, on 64 um, when we were playing, like, a WWF game. And you could save it, and then you could take it over to your friend's house, and you could upload it. So, yeah, there were no, memory cards, too. Not, not Nintendo 64. Telling you, man. Telling you. No, I'm looking it up. Right yeah. Now. Okay. Here it comes, ladies and gentlemen. The only time you'll see Mike Trump Jess on video game knowledge. Are you kidding? No. I'm serious. I know serious. that it didn't, because... Okay, well, here we go. I really hope you're not right. <laughs> but I am. <laughs> Where would it have gone? In the bottom of the controller. Where? There was like, okay, so like on the 64 controller, there was like a little port at the bottom of it where you could put the rubble pack in or you could put a memory card. And you would pop the memory card in there and then, yeah, you could save your progress. Wait for it. I'm starting on my laptop. Oh, so. uh, okay. Okay. All right, we'll move on, and then Jess will check this out in a minute. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, we kind of bounced over a little bit, but, like, we'll go to the 64 now that we're talking about it. That game, that system, dude. Yeah, that system I, changed the world. It did. Well, like, especially, too, because, like, its counterpart in that in that era, well, Sega, was, Sega did the Dreamcast, which the Dreamcast was pretty badass, too, but... I don't feel like as many people owned the Dreamcast. Like, for I whatever did, reason. Yeah. But, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Not as many people owned the Dreamcast, but, like, the the 64, when everybody else was going to disc-based games, when everybody else was going to CDs, basically, um, PlayStation did that, um, Dreamcast did that, Nintendo was like, no, 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 we're sticking with the cartridge. And everybody was kind of, like, laughing at them. They are like, that's stupid. Only the best games are going to be on disc. And... There are so many good games on Nintendo 64 that are on those big-ass brick uh, cartridges that they had. Like, GoldenEye, for instance. Like, even if you're not a James Bond fan, man, everybody played GoldenEye at some point or another. Yeah. Um, my favorite, I mentioned it before, there's a game called WWE No Mercy. So, like, after they got sued by the World Wildlife Federation and couldn't call themselves uh, the WWF anymore, they went to WWE... They had a game called No Mercy, where it had all of the characters, like Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock and all those other wrestlers. And, like, you could create your own character. And, like, this was the first time in my life that I spent hours upon hours upon hours customizing a character. So, like, it laid the groundwork for what MMORPGs would be later in life. As, like, I customized what kind of boots my wrestler wore and what kind of tights he wore and what song he played as his entrance music as he walked out. Like, it was... It's one of those things where it was fun, but it was also embarrassing to admit how much time you spent doing this. Like, because you were proud of yourself. You're like, man, my wrestler's awesome. Check this out. And then you're just like, man, I just spent four hours of my day customizing what my dude's hair would look like. This is kind of sad. I did find it. And this actually makes sense. Okay. As to why you would know that it 
had memory card and I didn't is because um, Nintendo 64 was one of the first consoles to um, save the game directly on the cartridge. Yeah. So it did save it directly on the cartridge. However, um, some first party or second party games did require or not require but they did um use a memory card if like you said you wanted to take it to a friend's house and upload it and i didn't ever play wrestling games there it is or sports games on <laughs> nintendo 64 sorry played... mike you were more of a dweeb than i was so that's why you yeah. never had memory yeah cards, so. yeah there you go so <laughs> yep yeah there it is yeah, i was like i've never seen them i've never even seen it yeah. Uh, now that I'm looking at pictures of it. But, um, yeah, Nintendo 64, I think, was so pivotal for me because it was the first time I had really seen more 3D-style graphics. Yeah. With um, Super Mario 64. Dude. That, that game... Yeah. That's what it was called, right? Super yeah. Mario 64? Yeah. Yeah. Um, where you jump through the paintings. I think that was the best Mario game. Really? Hands down. That was your favorite? Yes. Yeah. I can, just, I can see that, yeah. Just because, like I said, for the first time ever, I saw Mario as more or less like a, a, an object. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Instead a, of a like, person. yeah, yeah. Instead of just like a 2D image. I gotcha. Yeah. And well, it still is technically 2D, but yeah, you know, um, yeah. the perspective but, of a third dimension. Yeah, no, I, yeah. yeah. I, I think what was so pivotal, um, pivotal about the Nintendo 64 is it took those classic games. Yeah. And it turned it into like more realistic things for you, like Mario and yeah. Zelda. Yeah. And because Zelda was just a tiny little, like, 8-bit, teeny little thing. Yeah. And then 64 took it, and Ocarina of Time was like, you can ride a horse. Yeah. That was, like, the closest thing to open map gaming that I had ever played well, at also, that point. Also, too, think about it like this, right? Um, Ocarina of Time was so popular that there's an entire culture of, of, of mostly guys, but there are some there are some girl gamers who did this too that actually own an ocarina who never would yeah. have known what an ocarina was, but they bought it because of a video game, and that's kind of cool. Like, yeah, there are people that know how to play this weird, um, like South American flute because of a video game, and like, yeah, yeah, sixty four was was a ton of fun. Um, I didn't really own it for very long though because like I immediately upgraded. Um, to an Xbox because it wasn't like the Xbox came out a few years later, but like yeah. Before we jump into that, because geez, we got a lot to talk about on that one. Let's go back to Super Nintendo because that right, one yeah. was that's kind of interesting because I technically I skipped the Super Nintendo in like my line of video games because I went from Nintendo to Sega, and then I went from Sega to um I actually got a, the original PlayStation uh, yeah. for Christmas when that came out, and that thing broke so many times. To no fault of my own, but it just it stopped working all the time. Yeah. So, like, I ended up, like, taking it to GameStop or Game Crazy or whatever it was at the time, like Funko Land or Babbage's, and I traded it in, and I got um, a Super Nintendo. Because I could trade it in, and I could get Super Nintendo, I could get, like, a million games. And I, and I completely missed the Super Nintendo because I went towards Sega. 
So yeah. I went back and like I played all of these games that I had seen my friends play that I had never really gotten a chance to, and I was like, these games are awesome. Like Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past, that game yeah. was awesome. Star Fox, like holy crap, Star Fox, Star Fox is amazing. Like I loved the crap out of that game. Um, they had a whole trilogy of Star Wars games. All yeah. of the Star Wars games were so much fun. Mortal Kombat was on that. Um, Killer Instinct was on that one. All of the Mega Man games, all the Mega Man games are awesome on Super Nintendo. Like it was, it was legit. Did you own a Super Nintendo? I did. You did? Um, that's what introduced me to blowing on my cartridges. Because <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it just wouldn't work, and that's the only way to fix it. That's the only way. And times were simpler then. <laughs> yeah, they were. They were. Now you have to, like, buff out scratches and stuff like that and all sorts yeah. of other nonsense. Um, I will say, though, like, you mentioned that 64 Mario was your favorite Mario of all time. Mine is Super Mario World for the uh, for the Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. There's just something also, about that one. Also, I think that we need to mention the Mario Party games. Oh yeah. How it that was the that was also one of the first times I had played like not first times but like in in not that I had ever seen a multiplayer game but the first time where like I had like four people playing with me at once yeah a, a, and, an actual party game yeah yeah and oh my gosh it was so much fun and then uh of course mario kart on yeah i mean there was the first mario kart and then mario kart got released on 64 but yeah again 64 just made everything so much more like not realistic i think it kept up with the times yeah i agree very 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 well that that upgrade from Super Nintendo to 64 for Mario Kart was a game changer because the the Super Nintendo one is fun, but the 64 one is bananas. Like, yeah. no pun intended too for the banana peels. I'm just saying, like, it's the 64 one is just like leaps and bounds better. Like, it's it's yeah. so much fun. And my God. Um, we got a, a couple more minutes here, Jess. Um, let's go ahead and we'll... we'll Because I just want to touch on the Super Nintendo real quick. Um, because it was one of those systems at the time. Like, I remember... This is when console wars actually became a thing. Yeah. And people would be, like... Would be, like, frighteningly loyal to their systems. And because I got a Sega, I was like, Super Nintendo's for losers. And, like, a few years later, I was like, no, okay, this system's actually really, really awesome. And I should have got one. I should have got them both. But, yeah. like... I also grew up in, like, a regular household. I wasn't... We weren't rich. So, like, we didn't have that kind of money to throw down on two systems. Like, we all knew some kids who were rich enough to have all of the systems. Oh, God, yeah. Spoiled spoiled buttholes. (laughs) (laughs) We're not jealous or anything. No, not a a little bit. Not even even a little bit. But, but yeah, like, for sure. Like, the the Super Nintendo was so much fun. Uh, There were so many great games for it. Um, And, like, I still think, like, even though the graphics are kind of dated with that one and the Genesis... Those are both really fun systems to pick up and play. Like, they're, they're very easy to play. They're fun to play. And those games have a, a pretty long shelf life, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. So let's move into, I guess, what we could call the next-gen stuff. Um, yeah. I guess, like, because PlayStation 1, like, there were some good games there. Yeah, and, it's mostly just Crash for me. It was Crash Bandicoot. Crash Bandicoot. And Which was so much fun. at that point in my life, I was... I want to say around nine, ten. Yeah. And I was just going outside more. I did actually do. I I stopped playing video games for a while, and then 
I think on PlayStation 1 is when I played the Pro Skate games. And, oh my gosh, what... I can't believe I'm about to forget. Uh, of course, uh, Grand Theft Auto came out. That's right, Need, yeah. Need for Speed. Yeah. Those ga- like... Well, that was really where Sony... Games, that's but... really where Sony, like, showed their... Like, showed their advantages that they had, too, is because that was their first foray into a system. Yeah. And, like... Because you'd already had Nintendo, you had Sega. Like, they had established that they were going to do this thing. And then Sony was like, no, no, we can do one, too. Yeah. And ended up being pretty good. And Twisted Metal, of course. Yeah. Oh, dude, <laughs> Twisted Metal was such a weird game, but it was so much fun. <laughs> like, it, yeah, I, I totally enjoyed Twisted Metal. Um, the sports games were cool, too. Like, for like they, they started adding, like, the 3D graphic concept, uh, which they could do because of the CD. But also, too, I mean, they were doing it on 64 as well. But, like, there was something about those games that were just a little bit better on the PlayStation. And yeah. um, the first that I can remember, at least... The first really scary survival horror game in Resident Evil on the original oh. PlayStation. And that that also is a brand that has just kept bringing it. Yeah. I yeah. mean yeah. yeah, every every time. Like and it's and they're always scary. Like even it doesn't even matter if you're playing the original one because like the graphics are crap now in retrospect, but like you're playing it and like you walk by that zombie that you think is dead and it like gets up and starts crawling after you and grabs you and you're like holy crap and like uh, yeah yeah the dogs jump through the window yeah it's a mess yeah and then of course uh, I believe it was on the PlayStation One is when the first Silent Hill game came out oh yeah which was horrifying oh god and, yeah yeah so the, I think that with PlayStation and then with the release of the first Xbox was definitely like yeah people knew like they were like this is it like yeah that's when gaming became like a it was it was more than just like a casual thing this was like this was like a life like just just forget your your free time forget like having a social existence yeah and you talked about the like console wars where people were dedicated when i i at first was really into playstation of course with the skater but i was also like a, a child (laughs) yeah and then i when i worked for you i had been and was a an xbox fanatic yeah i was team xbox me too i I was too (laughs) hands down yeah because i i mean bioshock is my one of my top five favorite games ever dude dude. the entire series oh yeah such a great series Halo isn't one of my favorite games, but I loved Halo, Call of Duty, like, yeah. I mean, Call of Duty is, like, on PlayStation as well, but... Cross, yeah, cross-platform, but yeah. Yeah, but still, like, all of those together on the Xbox, and, like, Left 4 Dead came out. Oh, dude, and, Left 4 Dead, yeah. Yeah, and Left 4 Dead was... Left 4 Dead came out around, uh, like, there. it was, like, a zombie thing, because Dead Rising was... Yeah. That was one of that well, was one of the launch that was one of the launch titles on the 360. Yeah, and oh man, it was just it yeah. was just so good. It really and, was, yeah. And like we and you even you you skipped an entire generation too. And it's not like I'm saying, oh, shame on you, Jeff. No, but like you went right into the 360. There was some really oh, yeah. good stuff on the original Xbox too. Like the reason I the reason I did that though that's why I mentioned it is because yeah. I didn't own an Xbox. Yeah. I didn't own an Xbox until Xbox 360 because I was playing PlayStation. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. Before then. Yeah. But. Well, like, my little brother had a PS2, and, like, yeah. um, I played some games on PS2, and, like, I enjoyed them, but then I remember seeing the Xbox, and I was like, okay, no. This is the system yeah. I need. And, yeah. like, 
the, the the original Xbox was just such a beast too, man. Like it had, it was such an such, it had like just raw power of like processing, and like yeah. the games were fun. Like there's a Ninja Gaiden on the original Xbox that is so friggin' hard, but it is so fun. Like it's it's not even like so hard that you can't beat it. It's not like Dead Rising. It's like or yeah. uh, or uh, uh, not Dead Rising. I'm sorry. Um, what's the the Souls one? Dark Souls is that it? Dark Souls. Yeah, for PlayStation Three, yeah. it's just like nobody can beat. Um, yeah. But like. With um, Ninja Gaiden, it's one of those games where in order to beat it, you have to actually be paying attention and learning the lessons that they're teaching you. Because, like, it's like, hey, this particular character that you're fighting right now, this ninja uses these bombs, and you have to deflect them. Well, the next level of ninja is using these bombs, but he knows that you deflect them, so he's going to deflect them back. So, like, you can't ever, like, rest on your laurels, like, ever. You have to be, like, on guard at all points. And it's like, when you beat it, you actually feel a sense of accomplishment. And... Yeah. It's one of my favorite games of all time. Um, but not only that, um, Fable first came out on the original Xbox. And mm, yeah. That game, I, I love me some Fable. Like, that is, that yeah. is one of my, yeah, that's an, an incredible game. And then um, they also did some Star Wars games. They did a Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah, which, I remember yeah. I remember you talking to me about that when I yeah. we were working there, yeah. Yeah. Like, they now have it as an MMORPG. Um up on online but like it was before that it was that game and it was just it was it, it was at a, it came out at a time when the story was actually better than any of the Star Wars movies that were coming out yeah. like the video game had a better story and it was just like yeah I'm, I'm you know I, that's the one system I wish I had never gotten rid of like I, yeah. I loved having my original Xbox yeah because I would still play those games and I'm sure and that Half- I can find them dirt cheap Half-Life was a really big game too that's right yeah Half-Life and like that was the other thing too is because Xbox was created by Microsoft like, a lot of their... It was very easy for them to port PC games and PC titles to the Xbox because it was all built on a, on a, on a, um, on a PC in the first place. Yeah. So it was just... It was very easy. Like, the game titles that were coming out were just, like, a little bit different than the PlayStation one. And, like, Sony kind of... I feel like Sony kind of got behind um, with that. Now, they released the PS3 yeah. with the Blu-ray, and that was pretty awesome. Um, but I still feel like they were still trying to play catch-up. Yeah. When it came to the next gen, which was 360 and PS3, which is the last ge- generation of, of stuff I own. Yeah. I I have, um, I actually still have an Xbox 360. I have a PlayStation 4. Yeah. I've played, I've played Xbox One, but uh, I think, and then the uh, new Xbox getting released this year. There's another, it, there's another there, Xbox? Oh, yeah. Why? Um, or is it really that is it is the technology moving that fast that they're already ready for another upgrade? It might actually already no, it's not out yet. Okay. Um, it's called the Xbox One X. Yeah. Um. Oh wait, it is out by now. Five. It's only five hundred dollars. Oh, only. Um. Yeah. It's technically, I guess, considered the most powerful console in the world. And. Um, wow. Yeah, I was reading specs about it before it was released, um, yeah. but I was like, I know I'm not going to get this. Like, yeah. <laughs> this isn't something that um, it it's compatible with everything from the Xbox One. Um, wow, is it backwards compatible like with all the old games too, like uh, 360 and, and Xbox? I don't think so. Ah, oh, that's lame. Yeah, um, 4K gaming, true 4K. Oh Jesus. Um, I just don't care about that. Like, yeah, like HD is HD to me. Like, I don't, I don't need it to be 4K. It can be 1080p. I'm fine with that. Or even yeah. 720. Like, it's, yeah. Yeah. There was, uh, I was trying to look at the, 
a little bit more of the specs, but I can't. Um, I don't want to take the time to no, figure all fine. that out. But it was, it's, I, I love the specs, and it is an impressive console. But it's not something I. It's not something worth spending five hundred dollars on. It's not. It's not new. It's upgraded. Techno, like technical specs is what it is, and it's not like like what we've been talking about where they release the console and it's something like, oh my god. Yeah. I, I think it's just a better like processing. But um you do we just want to go ahead and get the three sixty in well yeah, I mean I wanted to kind of uh, one of the things that the perspectives I wanted to get on this is is you're still gaming. Yeah. And I ended up giving up, like, here's the one thing I want anybody listening to this to think. Like, some, whenever you hear people say this, it's just like when people say, oh, well, I don't, we don't have TV anymore. Like, you automatically think they're pretentious when they say that. Like, I, I feel like it's the same thing when I say that I don't game anymore um, and I gave up my systems. But, like, I still love video gaming. I, yeah. I really do. And I miss it a lot. And the reason why I gave up my 360 was because I was uh, moving back to Fredericksburg after working for a video game company um, or a video game store. Um, and I was kind of disillusioned and pissed off at this company because they kind of screwed me over. But then also, too, like, I wanted to become a writer. I wanted to create my own website. I wanted to get into podcasting. I wanted to do all this stuff. But I was holding myself back because I was spending so much time on gaming. Yeah. And I wouldn't be having this conversation with anybody right now if I didn't end up selling my 360 and not getting another system. So I, yeah, it's I a balancing act. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't play a single video game yeah. for probably like four years. Yeah. I mean, I just got my PlayStation 4 maybe a year and a half ago. Yeah. Like, it's, I mean, I, yeah, I also was just like, Something about working at a video game store is, yes, you have to have a passion for video games. There's no doubt about it. But even if you have a passion for video games, yeah. you're talking about video games all day long. You have to know about video games all day long. That's your job. So it doesn't become a... It's not a hobby anymore. It's no longer fun. It becomes work. Yeah, exactly. And it's the same thing with everything, not just video games. Oh, I yeah. mean, anybody who takes a hobby and turns it into a job knows that you get burned out. And that's what it was. After I was done there, I was like, yeah. I want to do other things. Like, yeah, me, me too. <laughs> I, I don't want to just do video. I don't want to play video games. I don't want to be around them. But yeah. um, it was fun, but it was also yeah. it, it needed its place. And it, it just it's to me like I'm not judging anybody who still spends a lot of time. Well, you know what? No, screw that. I am judging people. Um, like, if you've got kids, for instance, and you're still spending massive amounts of your day playing video games, I really think that there's a big problem with that. Unless you're yeah. playing with your kids. Yeah. Because, like, a video game, okay, there, there's only so much time that we have in a day, okay? Everybody's time yeah. is finite. To spend some, on, on such a, essentially a selfish pursuit and not be doing things with your friends or with your family or with yeah. your kids, like, it's just, it's, it's kind of wrong. And yeah. it's... It's one of those things where I, oftentimes I see the, the difference in people when they quote-unquote grow up. It's when, they, yeah. when they're willing to give up video games as a constant source yeah. of entertainment. When it's, like, you know, casual. You know, like, oh, man, I'd love to play this, you know, for a few hours, and then that's it. That's one thing. But, like, we, I mean, we worked in an environment where it was people's lives. And, it, yeah. like, I remember definitely, like, thinking to myself, I was like, this is kind of scary. Like, I don't think I could ever do this ever again. I don't want to commit myself to this kind of life. Yeah. And 
just um, to end on the consoles, one, I think I think PC gaming has come the furthest in terms yeah. of not being not. It's not. I guess it's like an ever changing console, but it's not. You know, it's like its own yeah. thing. It is. Like yeah. it's. I, I think PC gaming is so impressive in terms of not just the gamers that play on PC, but the games themselves. Yeah. But I I'm currently on PlayStation. I because all the games that I had on Xbox, I ha, I have an Xbox 360 still. Yeah. I also have the entire Bioshock collection for PlayStation. Like nice. I bought it for my PlayStation 4. Nice. And because they sell it as a little bundle. And I play Overwatch, and they yeah. re-released Crash Bandicoot, and so I I feel like there are so many cross-platform games now yep. that like even if I'm like dang I missed out on something for Xbox that I kind of wanted to play I I can't even say that I've felt that about anything yeah. in the past year you yeah. know yeah. like it's so cross-platform that even PC um, gamers can play with console players at this point. That's pretty cool. Like, yeah, and it's not on every game, of course, but like yeah. Rocket League, yeah. like PC people can play with console people, and so it, it kind of gets to the point where I don't know how you could really be on a side when, yeah, you know, yeah, like, and I, I, I think it, I think it has gotten better. I mean, the console wars yeah. is not as as definitive as they used to. Um, For sure, it's more just console people and the master race PC people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like. <laughs> And PC people, PC people tend to be a little more elitist. I've noticed that too. They're just kind of like, "Oh, For sure. you're but a console I, gamer," yeah. <laughs> and they just kind of laugh at you and scoff at you, and you're just like, "Dude, really?" Like, come but on, at man. the same time, I yeah. almost give it to them. I do because too. Ninety percent of the PC gamers I know built their rigs. Yeah. Themselves. And they, yeah. And that's something I would take. So, I'd be like, "F you, yeah. F you. I'm the coolest." Yeah, I, exactly. Like, built this, like I built yeah. this, and it's something I use every day. And the that's reason why takes, yeah. the reason why I just owned you is because my pixel quality is better than yours because and I put, I did that because yes. I did that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, and I and I can appreciate that too as somebody who likes to have something that they created themselves to to be prideful yeah. over. Like, yeah, and like and like we got on a dark to- turn there for a second when we were just like gaming sucks. Um, like, oh yeah. I don't want anybody to think that that's what I think. It was just like. It's just like anything else, you know. Like if you if you work at a sandwich shop and you make a hundred thousand sandwiches in the the six in the six years that you work there, yeah. When you get home from a shift, the last thing you want to do is talk sandwiches. Yeah. You know, like it, it's that's kind of what it is. And like um, one of the games that I missed that I wanted to mention too, real quick, so we were talking about like how it, like you know it's cross platform and they're yeah. bringing and they're bringing stuff back and like you can still have the old systems for some ones that you really enjoy. I'm so glad they finally announced that they were remaking Final Fantasy VII. Because mm, yeah. that was the first RPG game that I ever played in my entire life, and it like yeah. it changed my world, like everything. Like I was emotionally invested in those characters. Like when yeah. er- when Eris died, it was like it was like a member of my family died. It was horrible. Like it was it was such a good game. Like yeah, yeah. I really I really enjoyed that one. Um, we got a couple minutes here. Um, because uh, like I said, I'm at the Y. I'm about to pick up my kid from uh, his PE class. Um, if you had one game, one system, and you were just like, you had to be locked in a room for, let's just say, like, a week. You had enough food, you had enough water to survive, but, like, you just had to be isolated from the entire outside world. You can't play online. You get one video game, one system. What is it? Um, Bioshock 2. Yeah, okay. I can, yeah. 
And the reason I say Bioshock 2, because I know some people are going to be like, what the hell? That's, like, not, not the as best good as, one. Not as good as the like, first one, yeah. 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 The reason I say it is because Bio Bio, Bio Bioshock 2 is so monumentally harder to me than yeah. Bioshock 1. Yeah. I I still have troubles getting through Bioshock 2. Yeah. Like, when I replay it, it's, mm-hmm. it's so much more difficult. But, again, if I was in a room completely by myself, though, that might scare me a little bit. So. <laughs> okay. You Bioshock have, is a scary game. It is. That, that is true. <laughs> and I could see it affecting, like, your dreams and stuff. It would be, it's like that, it's like that Polybius thing that we were talking about, like that, um, okay, so quick shout out here, there's, there's a podcast out there called The Polybius Conspiracy, um, you guys need to check it out, just go on Google, look up Polybius Conspiracy, it's about video games, it's about this, like, crazy video game from the 80s, just check out the podcast, I normally don't shout out other podcasts, but the, this was, this one was friggin' amazing, like, it's so creepy and awesome, like, you'll love it, have you, have you finished The Polybius Conspiracy yet? Not yet. I'll, I'll finish it uh, today. Okay. Okay. It's and then the next time we we're on, we'll talk about it because you'll be like, "Holy crap, Mike! We have to talk about this." Like it's it's that good. Um, if I had one game, one console, um, I'm taking original Xbox and I'm taking Nice Field Republic because mm-hmm. it's an it's it's an open world RPG where you get to be a Jedi. And true. there's so many like side quests and things that you could do that you could easily play that game for like. Oh weeks my god. I lied. I wouldn't play Bioshock because I'm so sorry. I just cut you off. It's okay. No, you're good. I was I was actually done, so you're good. Okay, <clears throat> because you're right. If I was going to be stuck in a room, I would probably want open world. And I I don't know why I didn't think of this, but yeah. Fallout. We didn't talk about Fallout. Dude, at all. we didn't. No, we and didn't even talk about it. Fallout is an amazing series, and my personal favorite was Fallout Three or New Vegas. Yeah. But Fallout 3, hands down, would take that. I could be alone in a room. It's not that scary to me. And that's what I would take. It's Fallout just a, 3. It's just a radiated mutant. It's no big deal. Yeah, no, no. It's fine. Deathclaw comes coming through the door. I'm fine. <laughs> Dog meat will distract him for point one second. <laughs> Dog meat. Oh, my God. Yeah, I... Um, another one that I probably could very easily play indefinitely um, on 360, and I think it was on PS3 as well, um, they did uh, Red Faction, Gorilla. Mm, yeah. Which is, if you've never played Dang, it before... There's so many good yeah. games. <laughs> imagine, imagine if you've never played this game before. Imagine uh, Grand Theft Auto, but it's on Mars. And wow, yeah. every every single environment, every single vehicle, every single person, they're all completely destructible. And it's just like, you can go around and you can smash trash cans with your sledgehammer. You can destroy government buildings. Like, it's, it's an awesome, awesome open world, tons of fun video game. Thanks to Jay Diller for joining us on GGR Pirate Radio. Check out her podcast EPOP on iTunes or on Stitcher. Make sure you check out part 2 of GGR's best video games conversation when Mike is joined by GGR co-founder Steve Monick. This has been Pirate Radio Network Production Juice Bags. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, boy!